And welcome to another episode of G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gans along with Mike Miller. And we are G220 Radio. And tonight we are episode we're on episode number 484. Before we get into the program here tonight, Mike, how are we doing, brother? I'm doing okay. About as much as I guess what to say. I've been out for a couple weeks due to some medical issues. Um, they're not resolved. But I feel really good right now. Um, feel somewhat normal. Um, but hoping that some of these issues resolve. I had intended to be at the SBC and maybe do like live reporting for G220 down there as a messenger for my church. Um, but this kind of sent me all back. So I get a miss. I don't know if maybe we'll talk, probably talk about this later. Maybe do a podcast. But I don't know if I'm missing anything good or not. It is it's hard to tell on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking um <clears throat> possibly next week, possibly next week I think we should do a recap of the Southern Baptist Convention and uh where we can go from there. Maybe we can get a couple guys on that were there. Um maybe we'll we'll see how it goes and just kind of dive into what is transpired who the new president is what that means for many conservative uh, especially the reformed guys within the SBC uh <clears throat> I think that'll be a, a good program for next week man we'll, we'll have to look into uh seeing what we can do for that and, and discuss it next week but I, I think we'll plan on that for next week but for tonight for tonight, we are episode number 484. Uh, Free Indeed is the name of the program tonight. We have Jason Andrews with us on the program tonight. Jason is a good brother. I love this brother. He's a member of my church. Um, he, you know, I, I got to meet him when I first started to go to the church for a couple times. Actually, I was looking for the church where we were going to settle down, and I was able to meet this brother here, and he's just got an unbelievable testimony uh, and, and I think that uh, it really shows the grace of God uh, in his life. And so uh, I think it would be great to share that with you, the listeners. And before we do that, let's introduce him. You can see him down there. But uh, Jason Andrews, how we doing, brother? Good, good, brother. Thank you so much, uh, guys, for uh, allowing me to come here, inviting me. Uh, it's an honor and privilege to be here with you guys. And like you said, Ricky, we met at church and you're an awesome dude as well, man. And the brother here that's going through it, man, I, uh, I'm thankful for you, brothers. I watch, you know, your your show, you know, as, as much as I can. Sometimes I post good topics that really touch my heart on my uh Insta my Instagram, not my Instagram, my Facebook page. Uh, we are free indeed. And uh it's been really touching brothers and sisters hearts out there. So again, thank you. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you on the program here tonight. Um, we're going to kind of normally when we have a guest on, we have them go ahead and share how they came to know the Lord. And basically what we're doing tonight is talking about your testimony. So we're going to get there, yeah. but I think we need to go back to as far as you want to go back and kind of share how you came to where you are today and it's going to take some time, and we'll, we're going to interact with you throughout this process of as you are explaining uh, the, the things and the events that have transpired in your life. And so we're really looking forward to, to talking to you, brother. I know we've, we've talked multiple times, uh, and just to hear the things that you've experienced and where God has you today. Uh, is just a, it's just a, um, 
it's just a testament to the faithfulness of God, the sovereignty of God in a person's life, the providence of God in, in a man's life to bring him from where he was to where he is today. Uh, and that's why we titled the, the, the program Free Indeed, not only because Jason has been set free from the lifestyle in which he used to, to run and, and the prison in which he used to, to uh, be occupy, which we're going to talk about that here. But also he has started a ministry, We Are Free Indeed Ministries. And so um, this brother has really got a heart for wanting to serve. He's got a heart for wanting to reach people for Christ. And so we're going to talk about that here tonight. But Jason, why don't you go ahead and, and take us back as far as you want to go uh, and then we'll we'll lead up to the events that that got you where we are today. And we've got an hour, so you know, we'll spread that out. <laughs> All right. You know, there was a word you brought up that really caught my attention and really, uh, you know, helped me break down what God has done in my life. That word grace, you know, it's a it's a it's a large, you know. It's, it's all through the Bible, especially the New Testament. But there's one area where I looked at that word grace and I looked it up. And it, it, it's a, a, a word that that's called charis. I think that's how you pronounce it, charis. And what it means is God divine influence, God's intoxication on your hearts. And in the book of Romans, it says that God poured his love on my heart, on your heart. You, you know, and so. What I realized in my life was, brothers, that all these years I thought I knew God. You know, family took me to church. Family, you know, uh, my grandmother, you know, always took me to church. And But, you know, I used to always have this, now I lay me down to sleep life or mm -hmm. prayer, you know. Mm -hmm. but, but what happened was, was that. There came a point in time where I had to I had to come up with understanding who God really is. And where it, where it happened was it was in a correctional facility. Uh, I was doing five and a half years for a gun. Mind you, I spent over half of my life in and out of prison. And I always tried to come to God on my own strength. But it was this time where... I sat in that prison and I had to really think about, God, is this really the life that, am I really doing your will? Do I really know you? Is this how life is supposed to be? Me being in prison, me always struggling. And then I think it's in the book of Proverbs. Uh, I think it's 21 where he says, for the blessing of the Lord is upon the righteous. It maketh rich and add no sorrow with it. And then I had to realize what God was telling me there. It wasn't the materialistic rich. It was the rich relationship with him that he was trying to, that, that he was moving me to, to, to have with him. And then that was when I realized every time I tried to come to him by my own strength or, or live my life my own way, there was always sorrow with it. There was always struggle with it. There was always pain with it. And I came to understand that there is a way that seems right to man, but at the end is destruction. Mm -hmm. And so as I was sitting in this prison cell and looking at the people around me, continuing to chase after the things of the world, gambling, uh, 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 
uh, stealing out of the kitchen, uh, hustling, uh, men marrying men, you know, the lust, you know, and hearing, you know, seeing some, you know, some abominable things, you know, in the eyes of the Lord and helped me realize that, man, this is not the life that the Lord has chose for me to go. And there's something C.S. Lewis has said that really had caught my attention when I was reading this book by uh, Lee Strubble called Case for Faith. He said that uh, C.S. Lewis said, in your joy, he speaks in your in your uh, in your pain. He screams. And I was I was in my pain at this point in my life. I was struggling. I was alone. And then that was when I was really hearing the voice of the Lord through his Bible, not all, not audible, but reading, understanding. And one of the stories that he brought to my attention was the book of Abraham before he became a before he named him Abraham. I started looking at in the in, in the book. It, it says that he took Abraham through this city, through this country. Through the Canaanites, through the uh, and I'm like, man, what is this? And I looked these countries up, and all these countries had a meaning of something, you know. And what it was all pointed to was it was a training camp for Abraham before God named him Abraham. And then that's what I started to realize: like God is training me. He's 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 helping me understand that. He has given me a purpose. And then that's when I started reading the John chapter three with, with Jesus and Nicodemus. He's sitting there talking to Jesus, asking him, how can a man be born again? Go back into the mother's womb. And then Jesus broke it down to him. We all know the story. But at the end of that story is what caught my attention. He said that after a man is born again, he says, Look at the wind. You don't know which way is coming and you don't know which way is going. After the spirit is put into a man, it's the same thing the Lord is going to do. You don't know where he's going to send it. And I just had all of a sudden a hunger and thirst to get to know this God who does these kind of things. I'm like, man, this is this is unbelievable. How am I understanding these things? And then that's when I started to understand that the spirit of the Lord was growing in me and I was no longer walking by sight. I was being moved by faith. I started realizing that God was intoxicating my heart with his love, with his grace. And I started to get a peace that surpassed my understanding. And then that's when I wrote uh, my pastor. He loves it when I when I used to go started going to his church. He used to he used to love when I say, "Man, I'm cool. God has given me a cool spirit." Book of Proverbs, baby, look it up. God, and, and when trials and tribulation comes into my life, now I no longer want to run and get the gun. I no longer want to. When I get scared financially, I no longer want to go and run and get sell drugs. I know when when I get lonely and no woman want me because of my faith walk, I no longer run to the strip club because God has given me a peace that has surpassed my understanding. God has given me 
wisdom. He said, he, 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 whenever I, I get uncomfortable, you remember the scripture where he says, don't grieve the spirit? Oh, man. <laughs> when I start thinking crazy, I can feel it. Like, oh, no, Lord. No, don't do it. Or, or, or what's that other scripture he, that well, I just showed you, the peace that is surpassed your understanding? If something happens that I don't have peace with, I don't move on it. I don't move on it because his word says that he'll give me a peace. And, 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 and in 1 Samuel, uh, let me show it to you real quick. I, you got you got to see it. And this I got and I I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta tell you, brother, this is what it is. In the book of Samuel's, right? Chapter 15, verse 29. Watch this. He says, Also the glory of Israel would not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. I believe that. Book of Hebrews said he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He no, if he says it, that settles it. And when I had came out of prison, I had four. No, I had three felony cases over my head. Three. And the book of the book of Psalms, chapter twenty-one, says, "For God has the heart of the rulers in His hand." And the same, however way the river goes. And the river flows. That's just how he does with their heart. And he'll change it however he wants it. So I had to like, man. Hey, brother Matt, one of my brothers in church. I need you to, we got to go to court. What do you mean? I got, I got three cases open. You just got out of prison. They might keep you. No. God said his hand, his, their hearts is in his hands. First, we went to Garfield. Well, before before you get into that, Jason, why All don't you explain right. maybe for the listeners who maybe aren't familiar what you mean? Because mm -hmm. you was in prison, but then you yeah. have these three cases against you. Yeah. How how that works? So this way, because like some people may be thinking, well, if he was already in prison, how 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 did you not yeah. fill out your you know serve out your time if you've got these three other cases against yeah. you? So what happened was while I was incarcerated, um, I was supposed to be released to a halfway house. Uh, they didn't give me the halfway house because I had three open cases and, you know, uh, I had warrants out for me. But because I was in Coleman, Florida, for some apparent reason, when I was released uh, at the airport in Cleveland, the police wasn't there. So I'm like, all right, cool. I was expecting for them to be waiting for me at the gate. Like, um, Mr. Andrews, you have a warrant for your arrest. But they, but they wasn't. I had a, a, a case in Garfield for uh, receiving stolen property. I had one in uh, uh, Cuyahoga County for aggravated theft. And I had another one in Berea for uh, drag racing. So, uh, you know, it was, you know, it was felony cases. So, you know, my brother, you know, in Christ, he was like, hey, listen, won't you just, you know, relax for the night, enjoy your freedom, because, you know, they might take you in. But I told him, I said, I don't want this over my back no more. I'm a changed man. And I shared with him the story of Jacob. I said, when Jacob wrestled with God, you know, God didn't just change his his name, but he changed it, but he, he helped him uh, uh, his understand who he is, his identity. 
and I'm not a criminal no more. I'm not a fugitive. I'm not a, a man that should have a warrant. This needs to be dealt with because the Lord wants me to deal with it. You know, I'm a king with royal priesthood. I'm a man of the most high. And I mean, I'm stubborn and it's still to this day, stubborn in Jesus Christ. And I walk boldly to those to in front of those judges and knowing what the word says, knowing what it says. Can no one tell me that God isn't about changing judges, changing police officers, changing, you know, uh, all kind of officers lives through your real life experience. And that's what I did when I went in front of that, when I went in front of those judges, I shared my testimony with them. And one officer nearly cried when I shared my testimony with her. And she said, baby, I'm not gonna let you see that cell. You do not belong here. Brother, man, let me tell you, my brother left and he knew I was gonna be in that cell. They called him up and he had the U-turn on the highway, shocked that they was letting me go. I said, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> don't do that. God is in control of this. Went to the next prison, Cuyahoga. Went in front of the judge. Told the shit to judge my story and about how Jesus Christ visited me in his word, the Bible. And, and the man that I am today and confess my wrongs to her. And she was just shocked. No, I wasn't speaking no law to her, anything. I was just telling her I am Jason Andrews. I am the man who committed this crime five and a half years ago plus. And I'm just here to let you know the reason why I wasn't able to come to court and deal with this case was because I was a fool in prison. And Jesus Christ visited me in his word and opened up my eyes and helped me understand this is not the life that he chose for me. So whatever it is you need to do with my life right here, right now, I have no money. Do it. What? Oh, my goodness. No, no. Again, my brother had to U-turn again, come right on back. But I was in that cell. I seen that cell and you know what the Lord did? He had me share him about him with a brother in there, a young man who was facing some time in there. And I believe that that man turned his life over to Christ because I shared what Jesus Christ did in my life. And just like Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, you don't know where the Lord is going to send you after he changes your way of thinking, after he reforms you. You don't know. And I watch him doing that in my life still to this day. And I still have the bullet wounds. I still have the tattoos. I still have all kind of stab wounds to show and prove that the life that people think is right, gang banging and selling drugs. Jesus Christ can step into your life and change and do something tremendous with you, powerful with you. Yeah. And praise the Lord that he has. Um, Jason, why don't you explain to us a little bit about, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, bullet bullet uh, wounds and stuff like that. Why don't you tell us, because we talked about this a little bit on Sunday, uh, and I think this is just, again, the, the providence of God in your life 
maybe you want to share share a little bit about that. Yeah, when I was 14 years old, I was a crip living in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I started, you know, grew up in and out of group homes. Uh, one particular day, I'm hanging out with my fellas in the park, and uh, guys drove by, jumped out the car, and just shot up the park. And I was uh, one of the kids in there, and I was shot in the back of the head and in the, uh, and in the stomach and in the back. Uh, I was shot all together nine times, and uh, I made it through it. Uh, I'm sorry, six times that time. And then uh, I felt invincible. I felt like I couldn't, you know, be stopped. It made me more angry. And I started wearing bulletproof vests. I started uh, carrying, you know, all kind of weapons. And... uh, I done shot plenty of people, shot at plenty of people, um, was just going crazy. And then uh, I moved, uh, I wound up doing a federal bid in uh, 1999. I was in the state for attempt murder and possession of a weapon. And uh, while I was in there, I wound up beating the case. I walked out the courtroom and the feds was there to pick it up. Uh, the feds brought me in and I was arguing with them, telling them, you can't charge me with this case because I just beat it in the state. They said, no, you beat attempt murder and possession of a weapon in the state. We're charging you with discharge of firearm and possession of ammunition. So I'm screaming, no, that's you can't do that. And so they wind up squeezing, you know, squeezing and squeezing me. Uh, going back and forth the court four in the morning, uh, people was testifying against each other, and then I wind up, you know, uh, giving them evidence, you know, sharing with them, you know, I became a witness, and so uh, after I was supposed to do twenty five to life plus ten years, but they just gave me uh, ten years. I came home uh, 2016 and moved out here to uh, Ohio, and uh, I still couldn't stay out of trouble. I still decided to find a way to get guns and sell drugs, and then I was involved with some, some boys on the east side of Cleveland, and I was shot up again uh, four times, twice in the head, and twice in the, uh, once in the stomach and once in the hip. So, you know, I went, uh, got caught with a gun with the feds while I was on federal probation. And uh, they was like, you just can't stay out of trouble. And then they wound up giving me five and a half more years in prison. And uh, while I was in prison, it was during the Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman case. And uh, and this is one of the things that the Lord used to open up my eyes about staying out of prison. While I was in prison, George Zimmerman had beat the case and the family of Trayvon Martin uh, was at, was hoping that the feds would pick up the case because there was still enough evidence to prove that there was some wrongdoing. So the feds told the family, 
we can't do it because it'll be double jeopardy. <laughs> I I was shocked. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. They they they, they could switch it around like they did me. But you see, most people, especially you know, from from in the neighborhood that I grew up in, you know, people was would call my situation racism. They'll call it, you know, uh, uh, bigotry, or they'll call it uh, all kind of nasty things. But as I was growing in grace, you know what God helped me understand? That it's not them, it's me. Why am I continuing to put my life back into system hands that doesn't care nothing about me? It's about their job. Why am I doing this? And that's where I was listening to this sermon by Lee Strubble, and he was talking about insanity. No, it wasn't Lee Strubble. I'm sorry. It was, uh, oh, I can't remember who it was, but he said insanity is an individual continuing to do the same thing, expecting a different result. I was insane. <laughs> I was going, I was, that's me. That's me. And I went back to Jacob and I looked that word up, Jacob the trickster, Jacob the con artist. I was like that. Wow. And God is telling me that that's not who I am. That's not what he created me for. He created me to do great things. He is the great one. I need to talk about him and let him shine his light through me. And then that's when I realized I no longer want to live this insane life. I no longer want to do it. And then as I came home, guess where I went back to to speak? My probation officer was, a man, my probation officer is coming to get spiritual counsel for me. <laughs> they, they, was, they, they was like, man, you know, son, I'm just having issues with my kid. He's doing this and he's doing that. I said, man, you know what, Mr. Such and Such, let me let me talk with you for a minute, man. You see, this is what Jesus says about kids, you know, about being patient with them, about raising up in Christ and just let him have his way. You don't know which way they'll go. Only thing that Jesus Christ wants you to do is just raise them up in him. Do you know Jesus? <laughs> you know, before you know it, I was in Akron. Accurate federal court building in a second chance act talking to the men who was on federal probation. Oh, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I'm walking up in there like, man, this is crazy. The judge that sentenced me stuck. Boy, man, Andrews? Yeah, it's me. How you doing, man? I just want to thank you. Gave her that Joseph story. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He's got everything in control. Don't worry, I'm here and I love you. Probation officer, I love you. I'm here to draw all men that is in here back to God. Indian Rivers, I'm there. Downtown Men's Cleveland Men's Justice Center, I'm there. Oh yeah. They told me that I would never, never be able to do this. 
because of my criminal background. The devil is a liar, man. That's not what John 3 says. John 3 says after God starts shaping and molding you, he's going to put you in places. He's going to open up doors. He's going to close doors. He's in control. Oh, man, I'm telling you. And so that's what happened during that, you know, time incarcerated and how God just turned everything around. And it, it, it's just so amazing how, you know, like one of the things that I've learned these last couple of years, you know, I kind of knew. But like, you know, this this church, Brunswick Community Church and with you, Ricky G, you know, help me understand how I'm able to see my life through the scripture, you know what I mean? I'm able to not really try to concentrate on an audible voice or on visions and dreams, you know? It's hard to explain, but I'm starting to see things more clearer in the Bible. I'm starting to be able to, you know, compare spiritual things with spiritual things. I'm able to look at the Bible and understand that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for reproof, correction, teaching, and instruction in righteousness. I'm starting to be able to understand these things more, you know, and I'm, I'm just so like humbled and thankful for that, you know? Yeah, brother, it, it it's really, um, it's just a joy to listen to your excitement in the Lord and to see, again, just the excitement you have, the opportunities that you've been given. Um, before we get into some of those opportunities that you've been given, because you have been able to go and speak into some churches and share uh, the gospel with your testimony with them. Um, many people, as you've told me, have, have asked you to speak to their children that seem to be going a certain way because you know they want you to kind of speak into their lives. But before we get there, um, we, we talked before, and, and I think it would be important to share with the listeners the when you was back in prison for that five, five what would you say, five and a half years it was, yeah. um, and now you were a Christian, you were reading things because, you know, you what, what do you have to do in there? And so you're getting books and stuff, you're reading, you're starting to grow, uh, you're listening to some preachers, you know, when you can get, your, get access to that, um, and you start sharing the gospel in there. And you, you've told me in the past, like you've even been put in a hole for yeah. getting together with men and having a Bible study. Yeah. And so maybe you can share a little bit about that, of what it was like to now what you've seen, you know, in prison, the experiences you've had, not good ones, ones that you would want to encourage people to, to not put themselves in those situations that would end up there. Yeah. Um, but now then as a Christian, you're trying to walk right. You're trying to live according to what you know at the time of Christianity and what you're reading and learning um, and, and sharing the gospel with other people. And then how, how uh, you, how people reacted to that or guards reacted to that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the same thing that's going on out here in the world today where people want to start this cancel culture or start this, uh, you know, we can't uh, hate speech, uh, you know, but it was in a smaller world in there. You know, uh, what happened was, was as I was beginning to uh, like cling on to the Lord more and just, you know, understanding, you know, his words a little bit more. The more I learned, the more I was attacked and the devil is real crafty. I tell you. 
because what happened was was that people in there although they do what they do they still need spiritual help they still there's still a sense of you know a a, a sprinkle of of some type of uh, 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 residue of God with them, if you will. Uh, and, and what was happening is like when they would go through with problems, like their mother passed away or their girlfriend is cheating or or something, they will always come run to me. You know, someone who's not gonna gonna say, "Oh, it's okay, baby." Pity party is what I call it. You know, I, I, and I would give it to them raw. And what was happening was is that the men were beginning to, their eyes was beginning to become open. And I had started an evening group where we come and we sh I shared a word with them, whatever I was going through that day, whatever book I read and learned some things and I would share with them and then I would pray. And what was happening was it was growing. And so what happened was the unit manager was getting, uh, you know, rumors from the gay community in there or the Muslim community or uh, different religions. Oh, Andrews is, you know, got them uh, all together in there and they're talking about the COs is doing it. It's like it's just giving them false, false information. And so what happened was, was the counselors kept and the officers constantly came in saying, you're not supposed to do this. And instead of me arguing back with them, you know, I learned this from Jesus Christ with, with, with Satan in the wilderness. He never reacted. He always responded. You know what I mean? He always gave him the, gave him the word of God back. And that's why I, I was, that was a, a skill. I was trying to i was learning then in there and so when they would come to me about you know god says you're supposed to submit to those who have authority over you i was like but also god says faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of god and also god tells me that i should share the scriptures with other people and, yeah, oh yeah but you can't do this like they would get angry you know mm -hmm. but i would say you know the muslims could come together and pray Guys could go in a day room, huddle up together, and get an uh, NFL gambling table together. Uh, the gays could go in the bathroom and, and, and do what they do with each other, and you could sell them condoms in the commissary. I said, but when I'm just sharing uh, God's word with these men and praying for them and their families, I'm wrong. I'd rather suffer for doing what's right than doing what's wrong, sir. So if you feel like you need to throw me in a hole because, well, this is what I'm going to do. They threw me in handcuffs. They didn't throw me in a hole, but they kind of like scared me, put cuffs on me, and put me inside of the uh, waiting pen is what it's called. It's like uh, waiting to go to the shoe. And so I stayed in there for a couple of days, and then they released me. And then I just continued. And what happened was it just it just made people more interested into what I was doing, you know, interested in wanting to know more of this guy, you know, and and 
And then when I come home and I see how people are frustrated about how government wants to strip them from their religious rights or or how they want to stop them because they don't believe in a certain lifestyle, I say, praise God, put me at the front line because I know exactly how that feels. I will not be fold. I will not be bent. I will not be pushed aside. I will stand up and I will not be silent. God has given me a mouth and he has put his words on my vocal cords so that I may utter it. Mm. It gets scary sometimes, but I'm still going to walk with the Lord for the Bible says that. What does it say that his 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 light? Uh, something about my feet. I think I got it somewhere in my book. Says, a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's it. That's what I believe. You know, wherever he goes, you know, I like the scripture where I think he was talking with Jeremiah. He said, how can I get you to run with horses when you can't even walk, run with men? <laughs> I'm like, man, that's that's deep right there, man. And I, I think of the horses. They, they make the pavement rumble. That's what God expect me to do, man. Shift the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, it's going to be some trouble when I come through, but it's good trouble. God is going to change some people. He's going to touch some hearts. It's all right. I'm ready to run with horses. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I just get so excited sometimes when I think back on some of the words. Y'all got me thinking about them. that good word God gave me when I was in there. Boy, that thing. That thing, man, that thing had people running. The devil was shook. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they was quickly let me go. I had warrants, and they said, you got to go. <laughs> oh, you got to go. We got to get this boy up out of here. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a remarkable thing to see the providence of God in in your life and where He's brought you from, where you are today. Uh, one of the things that I, I'm encouraged by you, brother, and and I've told you this is that no matter what I'm saying when I'm teaching or you know just in conversation, uh, if something comes out that you're a little like I don't know about that. Yeah. You go and you look it up and you study it for yourself. And that's kind of the progression. I, I don't want to, uh, this isn't to, you know, knock anywhere where you've been before in the past, but some of the progression that you've ex shared with me is when you came out, you was in maybe more of a, a word faith kind of, you know, prosperity type uh, atmosphere. And yeah. then there was some things that was like, well, that, that doesn't seem right as I'm reading. And then, so you began to to move on. Maybe you'd like to speak, maybe not directly about those individuals, but maybe some of the yeah. situation of how you, how the Lord has been progressing you in, in your understanding of scripture, as you mentioned in the beginning and just, you know, growing you deeper yeah. in, 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 uh, in his work. Yeah. You know, um, you know, when I first came home from prison, like I came from some teaching, man, that, that was powerful, man. And, and it, it had me hungry to learn more. And then just as I began to go to different churches, you know, across, you know, you know, my neighborhoods and everything, it, it just seemed, you know, like I won't say weak, you know, I would say, you know, 
troubling and confused. And a lot of times I will go to the pastor or go to the, the teacher or elder, whoever, to try to get some clarification on what they was teaching. And it will always turn into an argument. And I'm like, I'm not here to argue with you. You know, the Bible says, be careful what you teach people, you know, about him, because you will be judged the same matter. You will be held accountable. So, you know, I'm not saying you're teaching wrong, but what, I, you know, I want you to help me understand this. And if you don't get that, you're being held accountable for what you're teaching me. And I'm asking you to help me understand it. You're in trouble. But a lot of times, man, and a lot of teachers and pastors, man, will put up a fuss about, you know, me coming to them with questions or, you know, telling them that, you know, I don't agree with them. And there was times I got out of pocket. I remember one guy said, remember, God said, respect your elders, boy. I said, yeah, he says respect you, but not agree with you. <laughs> and so he was like. Oh, I was like, you know, I respect you, but that doesn't mean I have to agree with you. Oh, you just got a slick mouth, huh? You know, and it's other situation. I was like, you know, and I'm like, man, or when I'm in church and, you know, parents hear my testimony and see their children going down that path. Man, it was just, you know, leaders who was afraid that I was taking the shine from them where I wasn't there for that. I don't want to see men especially young men that are going down the path that I once was. You know, I, I believe that God has given me the strength to jump down in those holes and, and, and talk to those people and show them that there's a way out of that hole. And that's all I was doing. And uh, after the years of being home, uh, I had to, you know, the opportunity to meet my pastor that I'm with now and just, man, he don't mind sitting and talk with me. And if I don't agree with him, you know, he'll even, there's things that, you know, I've caught up, I've thought about. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I didn't think about it like that. And, and, and that's iron sharpening and iron. That's, you know, that's true leadership. I remember uh, I was reading the John, uh, What's the name of this guy? Uh, John uh, MacArthur. You know, he, he was talking about that in a book called Leadership. And, and he was like, that's what true iron sharpening iron is, is when your leader could scoop down to you and say, what? Could you say that again? I like that. And it'll make you want to share more. And it'll also make you want to hear more from your, you know, spiritual leader. And so I thank God that I have found that type of teaching. And then, like you said, you came up and you also have some very powerful things. And you have also, you know, listened to, you know, my side of the scripture, what I think, and not just tell me, no, that's wrong, but give me actual literal, you know, historical events that have happened to help me understand what God is telling me here. And I believe that that's really needed. And as a man who has really, really uh, grown to have a hunger for God, I feel that that's important. And I want to share that with every person out there who is in the streets or who is just coming up 
Make sure you're under leadership where they will want to spend time with you and teach you about God. Now, and I'm not talking about just from his own head, but will open up the Bible and give you the good fruits, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. That's what I'm getting today. And it's working. It's working. I mean, you, I, my head, I've been shot up, man. I've been, I've been in and out of prison over half of my life. I've been in the gutter. But nothing changed until I picked up the word. Nothing changed. Every, but once I picked up the word, everything changed. I mean, like, oh, what in the world is this? And it wasn't just reading. It's about really hunger. God, I want to know who you are. I'm sick of this life. I had to be really sick of life. Really sick of this mess. In the club, in the bars, in the streets. Not having a job. I really had to be sick of this dead to the flesh. And then that gave God room to go, all right, now I can raise you up a little, a little more, a little more and teach me that he can't give me more until I'm able to have respect for the little that he's already given me. To whom much is given, much is required. Yeah. Now, we got about maybe uh, 13 minutes left in the program. So I want to talk now about you have this desire. You've created this this ministry. You want to be out, out there sharing the gospel with people uh, in serving as well. You you go and you've, you've volunteered at a lot of different places to kind of serve. You've been asked to go and speak. I know right now once a month at another church yeah. uh, to be a speaker there. And all this, you're still growing. You're 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 still growing, and and even coming new to to reformed theology, you're 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 learning things, as you said, and your things that don't sound right. You're like, yeah, let me go examine that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. But the Lord is opening up opportunities for you uh, to serve, uh, to meet other brothers, and and to just do ministry with with other other folks. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about We Are Free Indeed Ministries, um, and and obviously. You can tell us how you came up with a name, being in prison and being set free from Christ, you know, truly being free. Um, obviously, the scripture tells us when you're in Christ, you're free, you're free indeed. Uh, so maybe share a little bit about what you have been able to do with the ministry uh, and, and where the Lord has you with it now. Well, in the beginning of my few years when I was home, uh, my desire it wasn't in my head to begin a ministry, you know, but every time I was asked to speak about, you know, what God has been doing in my life, I was always willing because I believe that God has given me the ministry of reconciliation. And I believe that, you know, it's to I can't save nobody, but he's given me the, his word just to share with people. And that's how he operates. You know, he he utilizes people to draw people to him. He's basically given us, I like what John MacArthur said. He said he's given us the net of salvation. When Jesus Christ was telling the disciples to throw the fish, throw the thing into the uh, the net, into the, into the sea, 
and then they pulled out all of the fish and then he said uh likewise you know you will be fishes of men you know john mccarthy says something that touched my heart he's given us the the south the net of salvation to throw it out there and so that's all i, I really do but then after the years went by and I started watching the news, seeing the different things that go on, seeing black men being killed by police and seeing how the news media swallow it up and how, you know, different, you know, people come up with their political views about it and just how it is in my own personal life, Ricky, and I uh, forgot you, brother, your name. You know, but this and all of the listeners, this is this is what I experienced personal. You know, not no police is hunting me down and killing me. I have to be real with you. Not no, you know, uh, I'm not being, I'm not, you know, racism is this. It does on both sides. Uh, a hatred is this on both sides. But I've learned how to. When God changed my way of thinking, I've learned how to be wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove. I've learned how to respond and not react. And it has been working. And I'll give you an example. Uh, what happened was, was that I remember when I was uh, doing a food delivery for a company that I used to work for, I was pulled over by the police. You know, I had my hands on the steering wheel and they came up and I'm not going to lie. I was kind of afraid because so much is going on on the news media, you know, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And what I was seeing. So I went up. The police officer goes, hey, sir. I'm like, hey, how you doing? He goes, uh, you got license and registration? I'm like, yeah, uh, my license is in my back pocket. Can I get it? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, my registration is in my glove compartment. Can I get it? Yeah, go ahead. And then I'm like, thank you, sir. And so he goes, all right, I'm going to go run your name, make sure everything is good. Comes back, asks me questions, where I'm coming from and everything. And I share with him. And then he goes, man, you're just real humble and nice, man. I want to, I just want to let you know, it looks like you're doing some type of work there. I see your red bags. Listen, this is a 25. Slow it down a little bit. I'm just going to give you a warning. I'm like, oh, man, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. The next day I come to the precinct. Hey, officer such and such gave me a, 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 a pass, man, last night. And I just want to thank you guys for everything. And I just gave you all some donuts and, and coffee, you know, it just cost me $30, but the ticket I know would have been $80, $90, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not doing this, you know, I, at first I didn't know why I was doing this. I was just doing it to be kind. But then after like another two times in another town, I got pulled over and it was the same thing. And then after that, the officers, when they started to see my cost, waving at me. I'm like this. Oh, my goodness. So what happened one year, I bought a truck and I. Uh, after the month, I went a little over on the tent plates and a police officer pulled me over and he goes, hey, Mr. Andrews. I was like, hey, sir. He said, I just wanted you to know your, your temps are a week late, man. You need to go and take care of that, man. Nice truck, buddy. Keep up the good work. And rolls and, and, and leaves. 
And so I started to realize like, wow, it, 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 I'm free. I'm free, man. Man, I am free. I no longer need to think like this or be afraid of that or listen to what people are saying. Like, I got all kind of friends now. I got police friends. I got white friends. I got black friends. I got Asian friends. I got no. And, and then that's when that 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 just some was something that I wanted to share with men who was out there doing the things that I used to do to let them see how it looks when you allow Jesus Christ to come into your life and give you that freedom, that freedom to live more abundantly. And that's what I'm doing today. Just living more abundantly. I'm going into prisons. Man, I'm in federal jails. I'm in state jails. You know, I got I got all kind of people in my life, man, by the grace of God. And that's why I started this, because I just want to let people know, like, yo, dude, <laughs> dude, I got the record to show you. I got the scars to show you, man, that the lifestyle you guys was living, I was there. I was in the middle of it all until the hand of the Lord came and pulled me out of it. You Amen. are free indeed. And that's where I'm at today and why I am where I'm at today to encourage all people that you have a rock that can't be crushed. <laughs> you, you, he's giving you the strength to lift up that rock, him, to all people so that they could be healed, so that they could be changed. Man. Mm -mm -mm -mm. So that's, that's, that's how I got to where I'm at today with this ministry, brother. Yeah. Yeah. What a blessing. What a blessing. So uh, people can find you on. Uh, social media, Facebook, uh, We Are Free Indeed, Inc., um, and on, I think, YouTube, right? And then yeah. Instagram. Instagram, I have it. I don't really, I, I, I'm there. I, I don't, yeah. some, of these, some of these are, I think, uh, some of these social medias are more for younger people or, or people that know what they're doing with it. Yeah. Like, I'm there, but I'm uh, still trying to figure that out. But then there's Twitter <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of these different one, uh, um outlets so if, if anybody wanted to reach out to you brother um where would where would be the best place they could find you uh we are free indeed uh facebook page uh, just look up my name jason andrews and then click on we are free indeed inc and uh, you can message me through that uh also i have my email uh we are free indeed inc at gmail.com okay so that's awesome, brother. I'm really glad to have you on. It's just really exciting to let you share all of uh, what the Lord's been doing in your life and where you've come from and where you are today. Uh, I mean, listening to you just encourages me to want to go out and share the gospel more with people. Yeah. And and, uh, and and G220 Ministries is a ministry that that came about, G220 Radio, because we want to share the gospel with people. Yeah. But seeing your excitement, I think that's the great thing about testimonies. I had posted a while back that a testimony cannot save someone apart from the word of God being in it, apart from the gospel in it. And, but testimonies are very encouraging to hear where God has brought someone from and, and, and just the excitement that you have, the joy that you have in the Lord, seeing the Lord bless you in many different ways. Um, 
and, and I know you're not a prosperity preacher, but no. you, you're seeing the way the Lord has is blessing you and yeah. so many opportunities that he's given to you. Uh, it is very encouraging. You know, yeah. it's very encouraging. And so I'm encouraged by you, brother. I'm encouraged to continue to see how the Lord continues to grow you uh, and what the Lord may have for you even in the future uh, here. And so uh, down in the last uh, few minutes, any any last words you would like to leave with to the to the listeners? Maybe if there is someone who tunes in and 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 they're they're living that life that you once yeah. lived. Man, I would tell you it's insane. You can't you 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 can't get nowhere with that life. It has been designed to keep you in bondage. <laughs> There's no getting over that. The streets is full of of of, of garbage. Of, but Jesus Christ is telling us, brothers and sisters, that if the sons have set you free, you are free indeed. Come to him. Come ye all ye who are full of burden. Come all those who are full of heavy burdens, man. Come to him. Come to him. I'm telling you, it's good. You know, I'm not rich, but I'm not poor. You know, I'm not, I'm not uh strong, but I'm not weak. You know, uh, I'm safe. I'm I'm laying right on his bosom, and he hugs me and he holds me every night. Every time I read his word, man, he's telling me something new. And I want you to get yourself involved with a faithful church, man. People that says all they all he want to do is just quote scriptures and this and that. Yeah, find yourself a Bible thumping church. <laughs> find yourself a Bible thumping church because that's it, man. The word. Jesus Christ said, I mean, the book of Hebrews says, uh, he says, faith, you know, as he says, uh, faith is the substance of things. How'd that go, brother? Uh, faith is the substance, the substance of things unseen. Yeah. But I've learned faith is the substance. That means faith is the stuff. What is the stuff? The word of God. That's it. Everything how I'm supposed to be living is right there in the word of God. It says that I'm supposed to be working. It says I'm supposed to be head of my household. It said I'm supposed to be married with a woman. It says that my my supposed to have uh, my child. If I have children, a woman shall be called blessed by them. It says that uh, it says that uh, man. It says that how I should be living. I love the book of Timothy where it says, "Be mindful of the things that you bring in for." And, you know, it's gangrene. That means that you, it, it, it's going to spread those evil things. I got to watch what I listen to. I got to watch what I read. I got to watch what I look at. I got to keep a, a sane mind. That's what Jesus Christ wants us to do. Keep. I remember reading this book my pastor gave me. It says that an a, a, a empty mind is not a Christian mind. <laughs> man, that is powerful, man. So my mind got to be full with the word of God because that's what a Christian mind looks like. Seek the word, brothers and sisters. Find yourself a faithful church. You could come on down to Brunswick Community Church. You know, you could watch G220 radio. You know, brothers always got something powerful going on. Man, just man, stay in the word. That's what I encourage you, brothers and sisters and people to do, man. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Man. Amen. 
Amen. As you were saying that, what came to mind was Romans 12, where it says, not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Yeah. Your mind. Oh, yeah. So, Jason, I want to thank you for coming on. Mike, any any uh, thoughts as you listen to tonight? I mean, it's always amazing to hear God's testimony or the testimony of God's work in our lives, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a simple testimony or not. We have to understand salvation is a miracle that has happened to us that God took a dead heart and made it alive. He took a dead body and made it alive for his glory. Mm-hmm. And to think about testimonies and the impact, as you said, that the testimony that focus on the person and work of Christ in their life through the power of the Spirit brings about the change. I remember the story of the George Street preacher who just tried to talk to 10 people every day, give them a gospel track, and people from all over the world were transformed by such a simple act with the gospel. And hearing a testimony like Jason's, as you, you know, mentioned, compel us to think about how can I spread this good news? Because it is the only thing that can save. Mm-hmm. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And to think and consider those things are always important. Whether you have a testimony of God just saving you while you're going to church or a testimony like Jason's. It's God's grace on our lives. We don't deserve any of it. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been G220 Radio for tonight. Until next time, God bless.